Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pasha. My name is Godfred Boafo. And I'm Nodobe Gomchali. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, we look into the recent seismic activity in South Africa, and in particular, the Western Cape. Earthquakes are rare in the country, but there have been instances of them. Joining us in today's episode is Raymond Derheim, South African researcher in exploration, earthquake and mining seismology at the University of the Westfalenstrand in South Africa. He starts by telling us about some of the large earthquakes in the country, including South Africa's biggest one. The earthquakes do happen in South Africa from time to time, and in fact the largest natural earthquake that's been recorded here in South Africa took place on the 29th of September 1969. And I personally felt that. I was a, a teenager, a 13-year-old living in Cape Town at the time, and I remember the strong shaking that was felt and people running out of their houses and the shaking probably lasting for a few tens of seconds and then being quite uh, amazed by it. And then certainly within the next few hours, the news started to break on the radio stations of damage, uh, quite serious damage being done in uh, towns of Tulbach and Ceres and Wolseley, which is about, they are located about 80 kilometers from Cape Town and several people lost their lives as a result. And so that was quite remarkable. It was the first time I'd felt an earthquake. But it was certainly not the first time an earthquake had been felt in Cape Town. And in fact, there's a record going way back to 1809, not that long after the start of the colonial settlement, when a strong earthquake, probably of a similar strength as the one that shook the Cape in 1969, hit Cape Town. And there, it was well recorded. And there are descriptions of the gables and chimneys and parapets of the buildings being broken and people fleeing out of doors in panic. And there's an account of a military officer who went out to an area which we probably is today called Milneton. And there he observed some of the movement in the earth, some big cracks had opened on the earth's surface. And he measured them with his riding crop and measured how deep they were and how wide they were. And even a few years later, in, in 1811, there's a well-described earthquake um, that happened also near Cape Town. And there was a naturalist at that time uh, traveling uh, through the Cape, uh, observing plants and animals and birds called Birchall. And he also leaves a nice description of the, of, of the sensation of the earthquake and the damage that had occurred. You know, he talks about a crack opening in the wall of the building where he was staying, the house he was staying, wide enough that he could put his hand through it. So certainly earthquakes have occurred in historical times in South Africa and they continue today. The Western Cape has recently seen some seismic activity. What is the reason for it? The reason is it's really just part of the, I suppose you could say, the worldwide weather that occurs within the interior of the earth. Just as we experience windstorms from time to time and rain, in the same way the earth's interior, its mantle is in slow and continuous motion as the earth gets rid of the heat from its core. And this causes the crust to move around very slowly, very slightly, at movements of a few centimeters a year. And these cause um, you know, for stresses to build up in the Earth's crust, and every now and again the stresses exceed the strength of the rock and it breaks suddenly and violently and gives rise to a shaking, which we feel as an, an earthquake. And so that's it's just part of the natural process in which continents move apart. 200 million years ago, South Africa, uh, well, Africa and South America were joined together, and over that long period of time they slowly moved apart as, the, as, as new ocean floors formed in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. In the same way, we find that as the continent erodes and the uh, rocks break down and the sand gets washed into the sea, we find the remaining continent wants to bob up to some degree, and that also causes stresses in the Earth's crust. 
we find that the African continent is slowly splitting apart down the East African Rift. And those stresses over there also translate and get to Southern Africa and are part of the whole stress field that causes earthquakes to happen from time to time. Human activities can also cause earthquakes. In Johannesburg, for example, mining-related earthquakes are quite common. This is the result of mining and excavations that are made at depths of two to four kilometers. When nature or gravity wants to close these holes, there are occasional strong mining-related earthquakes. These are quite a serious risk to underground workers and can also be a risk for people living on the surface of the earth. You also find that people can create earthquakes when they build large dams like the Kariba Dam or the Kharib Dam. And when these dams fill up, the weight of the water and also the infiltration of the water into faults and fractures in the Earth's crust also give rise to earthquakes which are induced by the reservoirs. In the same way, when people extract even groundwater, but oil and gas, we find that the Earth settles down and that can also give rise to earthquakes. So there are many and various causes of earthquakes over here. And in South Africa, our Council for Geoscience is the agency that's responsible for running our national seismic network. They record a few hundred earthquakes every month. Most of these are related to mining and also related to blasting in open pit coal mines and iron ore mines. But there are a fair number that are related just to the natural tectonic processes, the movements of the Earth's crust. Is there reason to suspect an earthquake which could be quite damaging could hit the region soon? There's certainly good reason to believe that uh, an earthquake will reoccur, similar to those that happened 50 years ago and a few hundred years ago, 200 years ago. It's very difficult to predict when something like that will happen. When we just look at the statistics of these earthquakes, we think a likelihood of an earthquake of that size, of what we call a magnitude 6.5 earthquake, which is perhaps our worst case scenario for Cape Town, something like that might occur once in, in, in a thousand years. So the chance of it occurring this year is small, but that doesn't mean it's, it's negligible, you know, it's a, or it can't happen. Just in the same way that somebody's going to win a lottery, the chance, if you buy a lottery ticket, the chances of you or me winning it is, is small, but you know, somebody will, will win it. So the fact that uh, earthquakes occur infrequently doesn't, certainly doesn't mean that they can't occur or we shouldn't be prepared for them. What steps could be taken to ensure harm is limited? Right, well, the, the very first step is, I suppose, is to make sure that your uh, first responders, these are your fire brigade, your ambulance, are prepared for such an event. And of course, you, this would be part of all the risks that they have to take into account, uh, from house fires to chemical spills to aircraft ca uh, crashes to floods to windstorms to, uh, to wildfires such as happened in the, uh, the, the Neisner region a few years ago. So there are a whole range of hazards that have been documented and I know that the Western Cape Disaster Management Agency and in fact all disaster management agencies throughout South Africa would have the risk of earthquakes as one of the risks that they need to be prepared for. And so that would be to have equipment in place, people who are trained to rescue, to carry out rescues at that time to make, uh, you know, to minimize the, the loss of life. And of course the thing with a, a, an earthquake is that you could have many buildings being damaged and collapsing over quite a large area. So it's unlike where you have just a very localized uh, perhaps disaster where a single building catch, catches fire. This is something more like a flood which affects a large area. And so that place uh, stress on 
any emergency management system and you need to also then be able to uh, mobilize rescuers from adjacent municipalities and also involve people such as the army and the police in, in the rescue efforts. So that really involves a fair amount of coordination. Last year in 2019, which was the 50th um, uh, anniversary and commemoration of the 1969 earthquake, the Western Cape Disaster Management Agency in fact conducted a, you could say, a, a, a desktop study but try to simulate what would happen in, the, in this kind of worst-case scenario to assess how prepared they are actually, actually would be in terms of mobilizing ambulances, fire engines, what the routes would be to get to places that, would, that might be damaged, such as a school or a hospital, perhaps where lots of people would be concentrated. The exercise found certain limitations. With strong shaking, a bridge could collapse or a railway line, and that would mean the quickest access for a fire station, for example, would be impossible and that would result in new routes being needed. Another thing that needs to be done is to train people on how to respond during an earthquake. Many schools and workplaces have fire drills. These could be coupled with an earthquake drill. For a fire, you need to leave the building as quickly and as efficiently as possible. In a case of an earthquake, you don't flee. You stay where you are, fall to the ground and duck under a table and hold on and keep covered until the shaking stops. And this, uh, these kind of exercises are routinely performed in countries that are prone to earthquakes, such as Japan or in California. And uh, this is perhaps something that you know, I think we certainly should think of as part of the training in our, in our schools. How would you rate South Africa's level of preparedness for such an event? Generally, I'd say we're pretty much on a par with other countries where earthquakes are infrequent, say parts of Australia. Um, where they also do not get earthquakes very often. And so these are things that the public hasn't really been aware of. And it's really only been in the last few decades that the whole science of disaster risk reduction has taken off, where in many countries that measures have been put in place to, um, let's say, assess the, the hazard of floods or of storms or of earthquakes, and in fact put in formal uh, building codes and also escape ways to protect the public in this way. So, I mean, we certainly lag behind uh, countries that are, are, have a frequent large earthquakes like Japan and, uh, and California. But in many other ways, I think we're on a par with countries where earthquakes are infrequent, but still always a possibility. Countries like France, like Australia. And I, I think like those other countries, we need to be uh, moving forward uh, and just putting this as part of our, our normal daily life to uh, make sure that we zone our cities, we construct uh, buildings appropriately in the right areas, we inspect the quality of construction, we provide, uh, you could say, training for our school children and our office workers and factory workers as what to do in the case of a, an earthquake. South Africa has a nuclear power station in the Western Cape. Is there a possibility of a Fukushima-type incident if a major earthquake hits the region? Yes, now if you remember the Fukushima incident, that happened when a, a huge earthquake occurred offshore Japan in 2011. And what happened, there was a tsunami which swept over the, the shoreline. It in fact flooded the uh, area around a nuclear power station. And what happened there, of course, a nuclear power station, you've got a nuclear re reaction going on, and, it's, uh, and in order to keep it under control, you need to have continuous cooling. And they had backup systems, but sadly, the wave overwhelmed the diesel generators and so the backup systems uh, of, uh, that, uh, to power the pumps failed. <laughs> the, the reactor went critical and uh, some radioactivity escaped and that has been a, a major 
you could say, disaster that still is being cleaned up. Now the question is, we've got a, a reactor called Kuburg, not that far from Cape Town, it's near the coast. There, there, there's, I suppose, really no realistic chance that such a huge earthquake could take place near the coast of South Africa. There are no fault lines near the coast of South Africa. The nearest, uh, I suppose, fault line that could create a tsunami that could reach South Africa is actually at the tip of South America or, and in Indonesia. And as happened in, with the 2004 tsunami that occurred in Indonesia, the waves actually did reach South Africa and they were measured in the harbours, but the rise in sea level was only a few, a metre or two and happened very slowly, not much more than you would experience during a normal tidal change. The chances of a tsunami striking the Cape Coast is very small, but one can never say. There's always enough chance that a meteor can hit or submarine avalanche can cause local tsunamis, but these are highly unlikely. The structure of the Kuhlberg is made to withstand such an event. In the 1980s, shortly after it was built, I actually went underneath the reactor and the whole building is is put on what they call base isolation bearings. They're a bit like shock absorbers, but it's something that's meant to isolate it from the earth shaking that the whole containment vessel will not crack. Radiation should not be released. Of course, there could be movements that could cause damage to the extent that eventually the that it wouldn't be worth repairing the reactor. It's designed in such a way and might have to be decommissioned. What about a worst case earthquake scenario events in South Africa? You'd probably expect a loss of life of perhaps between 1,000 and 3,000 people. So this really would be a significant event. It would be probably the worst uh, d disaster to strike South Africa and would cause damage to many, many buildings. And of course, the combined loss of repairing all those buildings would run to, to billions of rands. So again, this is something that even though we're saying that is a, there's a small chance of it happening Today or tomorrow, we, it's something that always uh, remains a possibility and something that we have to bear in mind. Earthquakes can be scary for those experiencing them. It is important that people are trained adequately in case an earthquake does hit South Africa. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Pasha, produced by Ozer Patel. For me, Godfrey Boafo. And me, Nundobe Gomchali. It's bye for now.